Hey, I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening to our message. We strive each week to bring you relevant, practical, biblical teaching that meets you where you are. Hope you enjoy the message. Got the little frog. Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. That is what's playing in my head. So good morning, and I hope that now you have that playing in your head. All right, so how do we defeat the summertime spiritual slump? Great question. Glad you asked. Here we go. All right. So this week, if you've been involved in the We Read, uh, you notice that there is a ton of references to lamps this week for in uh, chapters 20 to 25. Uh, next week, we'll be finishing uh, Proverbs up. And so I want you to jump into that. There will be a new uh, We Read um, calendar of events uh, available next week as well. We're ready to rock and roll into that. We will be launching into a series in Colossians here in a couple of weeks. So very excited about that. But we be uh, but Proverbs this week, 20 to 25, there's several references to lamps. And as you start thinking about uh, ancient world and writing and what's going on, an oil lamp is incredibly, incredibly, incredibly important. They don't have electricity. And that's hard to think about. Like we go without electricity for like two hours. We're calling ComEd and we're angry and we're, you know, everything is, everything is, a, is terrible. Now in my case, that means my sump pump isn't running and so I'm gonna have a problem. So I get a little antsy about that whole thing. But you know, we go without a couple minutes. Our kids go a couple minutes without a screen in front of them and oh Lord help us, right? If our cell phone loses charge for a couple seconds, if we don't get reception, we're cranky. If, it, if it's out of power, oof, there's a whole other world of, of antsiness. But think about a world where there is no electricity and the way in which uh, after the sun goes down, life kind of stops. And here I have a replica of an ancient oil lamp. And this is really kind of the, the, your normal get around your house walk around so you don't stub your toe type oil lamp. It's a little guy. This is not going to provide a ton of illumination that is going to let you, uh, you know, play board games at night, all right? You can't, can't do much with this. Uh, but this is what you've got. In the houses of the day, windows are hard to make. Okay, so you don't have many windows. You're not going to spend any time inside unless you have to. And you actually are usually sleeping out under, on your roof under the stars because it's Israel and 120 degrees outside. So it gets down to a balmy, you know, 90 at night. Um, and so you're, you're doing these kind of things. So light and electricity is not just, it's not what you are. But when you need a light, it becomes very evident that you need a light. You need a lamp. And so this is kind of uh, a replica of what they would have used. The wick goes in here, you pour the oil in here, and there you got a light. No genie will pop out when I, I rub this lamp. Okay. Um, it's also interesting for Jewish people is they can't really make candles because the primary ingredient of candles is pig fat. And to get pig fat, you'd have to kill pigs, and you'd have to touch them, and that would make you unclean. And so this is all kinds of issues. Because I think of, oh, I don't have electricity. Let's have 87,000 candles, or maybe that's you guys on a Saturday night. I don't know. Uh, but you want to have a bunch of candles, 
and that's how we illuminate. Well, you don't have that access, so you're gonna burn some sort of oil, probably olive oil, in these lamps, and that's not as a helpful uh, resource as a bunch of candles. It just it is what it is. But that's how you would uh, light up your room in the darkness. The fuel you use is important. The vessel you use is important. My dad has a, a lamp um, that has like seven different wicks in it. It's a much bigger. He, he got the you know, the Cadillac version of the ancient lamps. Um, but uh, it, but still, fully lit, that's not going to provide illumination of one LED bulb, right? You guys understand this. This is, this is important. This is, this is how we, we grab a hold of the idea of these lamps and the light being shine, shown uh, is important. Jesus grabs a hold of this idea later in the New Testament. And, and some of the most famous verses talk about uh, you know, we sang the Sunday school songs or vacation Bible school songs about hiding your light under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine. If you haven't, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Congratulations. Um, it's okay. Um, but there's all kinds of songs and thoughts about what we do with our light and how do we hide it? Do we put it on a, it's a city on a hill so it shines everywhere? What, what does this look like? And so as we grab a hold of this lamp idea, we need to understand where Solomon is coming from when he, he writes it. He's probably, he may even be you know, trying to finish this proverb for the day. He's, he's, it's burning on his, his mind, and he might even be writing the proverbs with lamp light. He seems to be, if you've been reading it like I have, easily distracted while he's writing his proverbs. If you notice, I think, was it last week? There's a proverb, where uh, the chapter, and he's writing about like money, and all of a sudden, I don't know if, a certain woman walked past the door or whatever happened, but he's like, and don't let a deceitful woman in your life because she will kill you. And then he goes back on to talking about money. Like it's in there and you're like, well, <laughs> tell us how you really feel, Solomon. Uh, like I just don't, I, 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 I said something to Yvonne. I was like, who walked past Solomon uh, in that moment to make him so cranky? Because it's like, it has nothing to do with it. He's not talking about women at all. He's not talking about marriages. He's not talking about relationships. And all of a sudden, and cranky women will be your ruin. And then it goes back. You're like, oh, sore subject to Solomon. But he's also in this moment, that's why I think he's probably writing by lamp. He's like, hey, Proverbs 20, 20. If a man curses his father or mother, his lamp will be snuffed out in the pitch darkness. The lamp of the Lord searches the spirit of a man. It searches out his innermost being. Haughty eyes and a proud heart, the lamp of the wicked are sin. So what do you see by? What do you look by? What? 24, 19 to 20. Do not fret because of evil men or be envious of the wicked, for the evil man has no future of hope, and the lamp of the wicked will be snuffed out. <coughs> this idea of what is shining out of our lamp, what is being burned, what is being used, what is going on, is what Solomon is kind of trying to grab a hold of. Whether it's evil stuff that we are burning, evil stuff that's coming out of our lamp, or God-honoring things that are coming out of our lamp. So much of these chapters were about how to behave in right li living, dealing with how to avoid falling into wicked living and leading well. With the lamp of our life or the light that we are bringing to bear, is it shining brightly or is it being snuffed out? What are we shining? What are we illuminating with the lamp of our life. 
And this is a hard question and a, and a question Solomon begs us to ask of ourselves. What are we illuminating? What are we shining brightly? When we live our lives, we illuminate whatever's going on. What are we showing people? A wickedness, a self-centeredness, or the love of God? And you may not like the answer to that question. If you ask it introspectively, what am I showing the world? How am I living my life? What is going on in this moment? How we live out our life means something. It says something about who we are and how we live. Last week, I started asking questions, trying to make the Proverbs really practical to our lives. What is something practical I need to do to avoid the summertime slump? So we're going to ask that of these, these scriptures as well. What is something practical I need to do to get out of this slump? What is an attitude shift that I may need? What do I need to change in my attitude to make that more of a permanent, not just a, an emergency, get out of this little funk that I'm in? What is an attitude shift that I can, I, can, I can change about my life to move forward so that doesn't happen anymore? And the third is, what are the guardrails I need to put in place? Because I don't know about you, but I will identify a problem, make the change so that problem will go away, and then a month later, I'll be right back in that same problem. I'm the only one that falls into that trap, right? I, you know, you got a lousy pastor. Um, but so what are the guardrails when we say, hey, there's the problem, let's fix the problem, and now I'm going to corral myself, make guardrails so that I have a bumper pool type ideas, uh, or, or the bumpers at uh, bowling is what's in my head, that I can bang, 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 and I still can reach my target because I've put the bumpers up. And these guardrails, we don't often do that. Uh, going back to Israel, uh, when we were driving in the, from Jericho to Jerusalem, um, and we're in this, this, this van, and we're this close. If you can see my feet, I'm like two inches. It felt like we were this close to going off into the valley of the shadow of death. And my dad, who is by far the heaviest person in the van, that is not a joke, on, it was just he is big is trying to look out the window this way, and you can feel the shocks move. And I'm like, I'm like ah, stop doing this, right? And I'm 18, I don't care if I look manly or not. That was scary. You look down, it's like, oh, look at that, look at there, look at there, look at there. There's a monastery down there, there's a goat. I don't care about the goats. I don't want to fall off over the edge. <laughs> and we, we went through that, and you, and you go through that. Um, that was a point, and then I, then I got distracted. Oh, I wanted guardrails. That was it. It was all about guardrails. Thank you. Um, I wanted guardrails. I wanted guardrails down the canyon. Because one miss move, we're a wild coyote down there. I wanted guardrails in my life. I don't care about the obstructive view. I want guardrails. Because I don't want to end up Chris Flat. And often we're living this life, and, and there aren't guardrails in life, right? You, you can't, there's not warning signs. Oh, I'm going to do something dumb here. Oh, wah, 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 wah. 
right? That's all of middle school is building, figuring out where the guardrails actually are. Like, oh, what are you, stupid? Yeah, I am. I'm a sixth grader. <laughs> That's by definition. It's in the, the encyclopedia. What, uh, what, uh, what, what I am. It's because you're building those guardrails and you're, you're dealing with those things. And so in this moment, as we explore this scripture, I want us to dive into that as well. So what are um, something practical I can do? What is an attitude shift that I may need? And what are the guardrails I need to put in place? When we shine our light into people's lives, this is something we can apply to ourselves and how we live our lives. Because even shining our light needs guardrails, needs something practical, needs, needs applications. Because when you shine your light, if you've ever been around somebody who's got one of those really, 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 really uh, strong flashlights, like it is incredibly helpful to have a flashlight that burns a million you know, lumens or whatever in the right applications. But as soon as I shine that in your eyes, it's not so much fun anymore, is it? In the right application, it can be, we can say, hey, there's a bear. Or, ah, my retinas. The same thing can provide both of them. And how we live our lives and how we talk about, um, and how, how we share Jesus and how we uh, talk about life, we need to be careful in how we are shining these lights. Is there anything more annoying than coming up upon a car that just got those brand new LED uh, light bulbs, except they're misaligned and they're just blinding you and you can't see? Something that was meant for safety is now going to cause you to go off the road because you can't see. How do we shine our light? Something practical. Take inventory of what kind of fuel you are burning. Your life is burning something, just like calories. Right now I'm burning caffeine and a protein shake. Some of you are burning some eggs this morning. Some of you are living on the wild side and you didn't have breakfast. Maybe you're intermittent fasting. You don't get to eat until 11. Right? But we're all, we're all burning something at this moment. And the same thing applies for how we shine our light in the world. We're all burning something. There's a fuel source being consumed. What are you burning? At the baseball park, we got a new lawnmower. And some well-meaning person put diesel in an unleaded engine. Yeah. The people that didn't groan don't know why that's bad. <laughs> and you're the kind of person who, well-meaning and thoughtful, would put diesel fuel and an unleaded engine. And I'm going to say, full clarity, it wasn't me. I know you were thinking it. It wasn't, it wasn't me. Uh, it's because I hadn't used it yet. Uh, so, but so we have a problem here. We have diesel fuel and an unleaded engine. All gasoline is not created equal. They burn differently. They have different properties. They, all kinds of stuff. Lots of science stuff that I don't even understand. But I just know, don't do that. That's what I, uh, I got. As soon as it happened, things needed to go into place. Awkward texts and uh, weeping and gnashing of teeth had to happen so that we did not ruin very expensive pieces of equipment. But in our lives, in that same groan, when we burn selfishness, when we burn conceit, when we burn lying, when we burn all the nasty stuff of the world, we are running in the wrong fuel in our system. And bad stuff happens. 
as followers of Christ, what are we supposed to burn? What is the fuel source in which we get a hold of? We should be burning the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, 22 to 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, uh, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. This is the fuel source of what, what burns out of our lives so that we know that our light is shining good things. When even Solomon is talking about when wickedness is being burned, bad stuff happens. Your light is snuffed out. You ever had a campfire with really wet wood? And, oh, everyone's enjoying it through the smoke and through the eyes watering. Oh, it's great. It's good. The food's going to taste so good. So good. White plumes of smoke are going everywhere. And the only way you got it started was by dumping three gallons of gasoline on it. And you, then you caused a fire hazard and all kinds of bad stuff is going on. That is what we do when we burn the wrong things in our lives. What kind of fuel are you burning? Because this summer, if you feel like a little slump is going on, you don't feel very connected to God, you, you feel like this whole thing is just harder than it should be, I, I would urge you to do the reflectiveness. What am I really burning right now? Is the fruit of spirit even evident in my life? And if the answer is no, why is that? Maybe it's been a really rough season. Maybe a lot of things have been going on. Instead of playing the blame game, let's retract and figure out how we get ourselves into a spot that we can burn the correct fuel. What kind of repentance do we need to do with God? What kind of confession do we need to do? What kind of spiritual work do we need to step into so that we start burning the right fuel? Because if I start burning the fuel of selfishness, conceitedness, pride. There's a reason. Usually I'm trying to cover up for some sort of deficiency I've got going on in my own life. Some sort of expectation isn't being met and I'm getting cranky about it. Those kinds of things. It's not light, easy stuff, but if I'm burning the wrong fuel source, nothing good's going to come from that. My light's not going to illuminate. Attitude shift. Prepare for an attitude shift. Recognize the fuel you will burn will, will help change and, and change it out. Recognizing the fuel that you're burning will help you change it out. <laughs> if we did not catch that there was diesel fuel in an unleaded engine, we would have had some serious problems. But until we're willing to examine, we're willing to admit that we may have an issue, we may have problems... We can't address the issue. This is actually what happens. Diesel will not be able to easily pass through the fuel filter. Instead, it will clog the fuel filter. And whatever amount of diesel that then makes it way, its way through the filter into the engine will clog the fuel injectors, making them inoperable. This will result in the engine gumming up and seizing, which means something that has all kinds of useful properties, all kinds of power, is now a huge paperweight. That's what, that's what happens. When we burn the wrong kind of fuel in our lives, a fuel of wickedness, a fuel of self-centeredness, we gum up the works and lose our usefulness. 
that attitude shift of recognizing what kind of fuel that I'm burning and making sure that I am, uh, have a fresh supply of good fuel is critical for us becoming the people that God has called us to be. When you burn the wrong fuel, bad things happen. In an engine, you break stuff. In your life, you'll find yourself in places you never wanted to be. How do you develop guardrails in this? Well, first of all, in, the, in our instances, what we had to do was basically drain everything out of the engine, change the fuel uh, filter, and then kind of pray over the engine and, and put it all back together again and put it in there. Luckily, we didn't, it didn't run for very long, or it didn't, we didn't try to start it for very long. We caught it in time. Everything was good. If you didn't catch it in, in time, something that cost us $10 in gas could have cost us a couple thousand dollars in engine repairs. But that's the kind of the, the watchfulness we even need to have in our own lives. Because in your life and in my life, we're going to go through seasons where all of a sudden the wrong fuel mixture gets put into our lamp. We can't always be burning the fruit of the Spirit with love, peace, patience, kindness, and gentleness, and self-control. Okay? It doesn't happen 24-7. I would love for that to be true of my life all the time. It's not. I can't say it is because my son and my wife are in here and they know that's not true. Right? And I know it's not true for you, but what the, the important part is identifying when I'm burning the wrong stuff. I need to put myself into timeout. I need a moment of... Drink some more coffee, Jared. Go have a walk. Do whatever you need to do. Readjust, realign. And figure out that attitude shift. And go back to putting the right stuff in my tank. So that my light to my family, to my community, to the church, to whoever I'm interacting with, is the kind of light that I want to be shown. Develop guardrails. Now, this happened because we had not necessarily the best illumination in the garage. And we also didn't have... Uh, properly labeled gas cans. And so now, everything that's diesel is yellow and marked with big duct tape things. that said diesel, 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 don't touch, don't put it in this. And we actually have moved the, the unleaded only uh, tractors to a place from which you, you have to move five other tractors to get to the one that's unleaded because we've made it incredibly difficult. The potential for screwing up is still there. Because we operate on volunteers, and that just happens. Paul pays his employees, and they mess up too. So, hey. <laughs> But the opportunity is still there. But you've got to work a whole lot harder at it. That's what guardrail does. You can still go careening off of a cliff. you just got to hit it a lot harder. So where in your life? What's going on? What, what, where are you in, in your moment, either with your marriage with your parenting, with your business, with your neighbors, maybe it's your family, and you go, man, every time I get involved with them, every time we start communicating, <laughs> stuff starts happening. I can't get past this one spot. I can't get through this. I want you to do everything you possibly can to build a guardrail. I have filled myself up with the good stuff. Because I know if I go in to talk to, and I'm not 100% full of the good stuff, bad things will happen. And maybe you've got that in your life and, and, and situations are popping into your head 
at, as we speak, because what we are called to do is let our light shine, not to blind people, to, but to lead people into a better way of living, into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if our lives are not doing that, if they're not showing the way for that, we're not living the way in which God has designed us. We're not living out the way in which we've been created for. We're not living out our purpose. And we'll always feel like we're missing something. So this morning, I want us to build guardrails. Label things. That's a dangerous substance. That gets me into trouble. When I do X, that leads me to this thought pattern. Stop doing X. But I like X. Stop doing X. We need to identify what kind of fuel we're burning. Change the attitude in which we have. Shift our attitudes about, about the people that we're engaged in or what kind, of, what kind of fuel we're doing in this moment. Are we burning the fruit of the Spirit? Are we living a life that says, I'm going to be a life of love, of peace, of patience, of kindness, of gentleness, of self-control? Or am I doing the converse of that? This week, take some time. Get in your We Read journal. Get in your own journal. Whatever piece of paper. Whatever you need to do. And take inventory of what fuel you're burning. How you doing? Where are the temptations to start burning the wrong kind of fuel? What, what drives you into that? And then set up guardrails. Maybe you need to talk to a, a really close friend and say, listen, I, I need to set up guardrails because every time I enter into this conversation, it sucks me into this place. I grab the closest gas can I possibly can. I don't care what it's labeled. When I get stressed at work, I put all kinds of stuff into my tank. When my marriage does this, I just, ah. Uh, what are the guardrails in which I can instill to make sure that I'm burning only the right stuff and that my lamp is only burning and shining in the right direction, in the right way, and leading people to Jesus? It's not an easy task. It's not an easy thing to do. It's actually really, really difficult. That's why it gets four mentions in the Proverbs in four chapters. But how are we living our lives? What light are we shining in this moment? I think it's an incredibly important question. It's an incredibly important time of self-reflection. But if we really want to bust out of a, of a slump, if we really want to bust out of our, a relationship with God that maybe doesn't feel like it's, it's going on all cylinders right now. What kind of fuel are we burning? It's probably something we've gummed up the works with. And it takes reflection. It takes some hard work. It takes some moments of going, oh, this is going to be uncomfortable. To figure out how we change, how we identify, and how we set up so that we don't get in this spot again. May this week be a week in which you burn brightly for Jesus. That you illuminate the paths in front of us straight to God.
that we don't blind people with our abrasiveness, but instead we illuminate the path with gentleness and self-control and peace and patience. Man, come on up. God, thank you so much for today, and thank you for this time. Lord, we ask you to bless us and guide us in all that we do. We ask you to help us identify how we can burn for you, how we can be filled with the Holy Spirit in this moment, and that we burn good things, that our fuel source is you, our fuel source is, is your gifts of the Holy Spirit instead of our selfishness and our greed and our self-centeredness. Lord, we ask for your touch. We ask for your guidance. In Jesus' holy name I pray. Thanks for joining us at church this week. And a special thanks to all those who continue to support our mission through your generosity. You too can support our mission to reach, grow, and serve our community by giving on the website or through the app. To make sure you never miss out on a message, be sure to subscribe. And don't forget to hit that share button to spread the word. Have a great week.